Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Thank you. And Lord, we're here tonight because you're going to make us those who stand. And Lord, teach us your ways. Holy Spirit, we need you. We are in a new hour of the enemy descending that next labor pain because, Lord, but you're going to birth something powerful. And Lord, we don't want any miscarriages. So we ask you, Lord, just to help us in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Has anybody noticed there really is another, it just started back up, another real surge, even with the stuff that's politically happening. I mean, all over Facebook, people are fighting cancer. People are fighting this. People's in this one, I'm on a couple different prayer group things. And this one young lady's got a brain tumor. She's got young kids. And this is happening and that is happening. And just, it's like, it's like the Lord in his mercy, he lets you have this kind of rest, like in between a labor pain. Isn't it amazing? He calls the time we're living in, in is, is like a woman in labor. That's what he calls the time we're in up until the return of Christ. And it's kind of like that. It's kind of like we got, you go through this. But isn't it just for those who've had babies? Isn't it just like or those who watch their wives have babies and they're like, oh, that isn't me. But... Because you really go through that intense time and then it builds and builds and builds and then all of a sudden, okay, okay, breathe, breathe, breathe. And then you get rest. But the closer you get to the return of Christ and the closer you get to the birthing of the apostolic church, um, there's an intensity, it gets faster. And I really feel like between now and probably maybe even Christmas, but at least the primaries, we're, we're in a new season of this intensity. And if you don't, don't grow weary in good doing, okay? Because if you're like me, after this last 14 days of, which I'm going to next and by myself, I'm going to enjoy myself for the next few days. God did not let anybody book my place. So, because I got to process all this. But, but it's like, you've got to have the joy of the Lord. You have to keep the joy of the Lord. That is your strength, okay? That is your strength. Do not grow weary and then just look the other way or pretend nothing's going on or everything is fine. You really have to get to a place to fight. He's going to raise up a bride without spot or blemish, which means she's going to know how to fight. She's going to know how to believe God's word. She's going to know how to put Satan under her feet. She's going to know how to hang out with Jesus Christ. Whoa. She, oh, yay. <laughs> you can get so busy and bogged down that even your time with God is just talking about how busy and bogged down you are. And he's like, no, come and hang out with me. And so today I did a totally do nothing almost. I never have a do nothing ministry wise day, I don't think ever. But but for the most part, I just, you know, cleaned the house and did a little of this and a little of that and paid some bills and things like that and watched something on TV. And I did watch a few news things, but I'm like, I, it just makes you know how bad things are in the natural at the same time, everything's being exposed. Every prayer we have prayed here is being answered. 
But we don't want to stop being um, aware that we don't want to drop until we, till we have this victory. And then just remember, just kind of think of this whole political thing in our nation right now. It's one of those major birthing that's coming because either the enemy is going to win our nation or God's going to claim our nation back. And it's up to the church. It's up to the church. And the church has been doing what the church is supposed to be doing. At the same time, has anybody noticed that the enemy comes and starts hitting at the same time? And um, don't back down. Okay, when you let the enemy take you backwards, then it's not only pushing you backwards, but you actually have to regain all that ground, and it's going to be harder to do because you, you would have lost confidence. So you, you never want to let the enemy take you backwards. Actually, something Donna was saying the other day about a thing she's in is, I'm just not going to go backwards. I'm just not going to go backwards. You know, and, and you, you really have to make a determination for that. You really, sometimes you just have to actually decide. You have to make a choice to decide that you're going to stand until God shows you what to do next. So it says, um, what was it? Six, six. Okay. Okay. Six, 12. Oh, let's go up a little. All right. So Ephesians six eleven. put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand up against all the schemes and strategies and the deceits of the devil. I'm reading out the Amplified. So we want, we want to put on the armor. I'm not going to talk about the armor. You probably, hopefully you know the armor. Go study the armor. Go to the mentoring page and get teaching on the armor. Some of you, if you're in a battle, you might want to really relook at that armor. It's not a cute little kid's song. It's about your, is your mind stayed on Christ? Do you, are you walking in the mind of Christ? Are you agreeing with what he can do? Or are you agreeing with only what you can do? Or are you even worse than agreeing with what the devil can do? When you move down to agreeing with what the devil to do, you're operating in fear. When you agree with what you can do, then you're just staying in a flesh realm. And that can be okay until the battle gets too rough and you can't win. And then if you're doing what God wants, that's, the, that's your helmet. My helmet's... What does God say? Always fight from how, how, come on, look at any of your problems. I don't care who you are in here. How hard is that for God? How hard is it for God? It's not at all hard for God. It's, it's a joke to think it's hard for God. Even if we put all of our problems together in a gigantic pile, it's not even, it's nothing. If we put all our nation's problems together, it's nothing for God. So when you put on that helmet of salvation, you fight from who he is, and you quit stopping him from being who he is by you not yielding to him being who he is. And I'm not talking pretended faith. I'm talking about know in your heart, because you know the word, what is he capable of in this? And always know, what is God capable of in this? And what would be his will in this? And some things you know his will exactly. He is always the God who heals. He's always the God who heals, okay? He's always the God who provides. He's always the God. He has all these promises that you know. So you fight from the stance of, you fight from the stance of, this is what the enemy's trying to steal from me. This is what he's trying to steal from me. Whatever it is, whether he's trying to steal your relationships, or he's trying to steal your sound mind, or he's trying to steal your health, your job, your finances, your peace, your hunger for God. Start, start looking at it like, I've got this armor on to stop the enemy from stealing from me. Okay, I'm just going to stop him from stealing from me. So we have to put on the armor. 
Without putting it on, you cannot stand against the enemy. So let's go real quickly over the armor. So um, this is a super small teaching on it. Just go study it, get into it. Ask the Lord, what part of this armor do you not have? Because if you're not standing strong, you may have put down some of your armor. So there's the helmet of salvation. What is it? Breastplate of righteousness. Your righteousness is in Christ Jesus. Okay. What does that mean? I, am I right where God wants me to be? Am I going to the church that he wants me to go to? Am I going to the conferences he wants me to go to? Am I right where he wants me to be? We act like righteousness is some cute little word. Righteousness simply means, am I right where God wants me to be? Because if I was where I was last year, I'm not right where he wants me to be. Like, I just had to go through two crazy weeks for this ministry to get to where it's supposed to be going. Or we would be wondering what was happening in another couple of weeks because we wouldn't, I wouldn't be righteous before the Lord and what he's called me to do here. So is your marriage where it's supposed to be? Is, is your whatever, your job, whatever it is. So part of righteousness is right where God wants me to be. Am I right where he wants me to be? And so how do I put on his righteousness? I yield to him being in charge, which means I lay down my opinions. But I don't pretend when it looks bad that he's in charge. Because if it looks bad, he's probably not the one in charge. It's when I'm fighting. It looks bad when I'm fighting. Because the enemy's showing up trying to win. He's not pretending that he can't win. He wins more than he loses, unfortunately, it seems. So let's get rid of cute little pretended faith and nice. Let's really learn to fight. Okay, so we want to be right where he wants us to be. I want you guys to do this. I want you to stop a minute and think of, is there a situation or a trial or something you've been praying about or something where the devil's rearing his head right now in your life? If not, fine. Praise God. Pray for other people. Pray for this church. Pray for whatever. And it doesn't necessarily mean a horrible thing. It means God, God is putting this church in a different direction in that there's a struggle. There's a struggle to just do what I think you all want. There's a struggle to just say, this is too much work. There's a struggle to just try to follow what other people do. There's a struggle just to close it all down. So there's, there's these struggles. Okay, that's a fight. Can we get that? It doesn't always think God have to be death and, and uh, you're, you know, it, for some people that seems like a big fight. To me, this, these are little battles compared to what I've won. Amen? And I don't, I don't pretend to think I'm going to have a battle worse than I've already won. I'm not going to let devil get that close. So, so, but I want you to stop and actually when I'm talking, because I'm talking to you. So I want everybody to stop and think, okay, right now, if I was to say, what would I want to win battle right now? How many can think of something? Do you know you can't think of anything? No? Oh, you can't. Okay. All right. <laughs> I like to know I'm really talking to real people. I can't see the people on the camera. All right. So I want you to think of, don't think of a million things because then you'll get too confused. Just apply this to one thing at a time. But I'm serious, take it home and then apply it to the next thing you need to apply it to, right? Okay, and of course you can go deeper in any of this. You can go on the mentorship page, find all the different teaching on it. You can read the Bible, you can find different teachers, whatever. But I want you to really recognize this and don't think you've heard this. Because if you've heard this and you've been applying this, then you won't need this. You can get up and teach this. And if you can, that's fine. 
Um, as soon as I finish, whatever I left off, you can come tell everybody. Okay, so the first thing, we have to see it from what would God do. If Jesus Christ walked right into your situation, what would he do? Yeah, well, he is in the situation, right? So, so the, but the, the main thing, he, what he would do is he would make you overcome. So everybody's situations are different, but you have to start from having on the helmet of salvation and being an overcomer. I'm going to overcome this. The devil's not winning this. The devil's not winning the call on my life. He's not winning me not having everything God's promised me. He's not winning me not doing the, making the impact that I'm supposed to make. He's not winning stopping me from writing this book and what other books. He's not going to win. Okay, so everybody, he's not going to win. So if you're having financial, job, family, whatever, recognize he's not going to win. Now, it has to be a battle that you have authority in. Okay, I don't have authority to make sure you don't, that, to make sure you win. I have authority to hold up your hands. I have authority to connect you to the headship of Christ. I have authority to help you. But I'm going to tell you, the day of the superstars doing it for you, and you standing in line for a long time, that wine skin is over. Ho! Over. So he now is raising up his bride without a spot or blemish. She's going to know how to do this. And so you've got to recognize, I've got to do this. I'm the one who's going to overcome this. So whatever your situation is, whether it's something with work, and thank God if it's not terrible. Praise God, right? But also to believe for your children to get right with God, to believe for your children to serve God. Okay, I want you to begin to get a battle plan. This is worth fighting for. So, so you need to stop and think, what is the battle plan? Now, how do you know if you're even in the fight? I'm going to tell you, pretended faith is bad because then they think they're in the fight and they're not. But also, is pretended everything's going to turn out okay? No, I need, to, I need to know, this tells you the schemes and the strategies and the things the enemy's doing. So, so I want to I fight. Okay, I want us to want to fight. He gets the glory when we fight. He gets the glory when we kick the devil's butt. He wouldn't have put us down here with him. The enemy was thrown out of heaven, I think, way before. I think that's why the earth was in chaos. And then the Lord thought, hey, this will be cool. Let's speak the whole thing back into place. Let's put my people down here. And we're going to do this whole thing where they're going to get to a place to be really my sons and daughters, really led by my spirit, really understanding who they are in Christ Jesus. And they are going to take the same authority over the enemy that we already have over him. And we'll call her the bride. See, you've got to see God did not put you on planet Earth just to have a nice life. The same thing he did for us, if you're in India or any other nation where there's no way they have the food, they have all the things we have, that's not what he's looking at. He's looking at who knows who he is. I encourage you, start believing that whatever gas mileage you get now, 
You're going to get, my gas mileage has gone up two miles per gallon since I started believing that my gas mileage is going to get up to help fight this ridiculous price at the pump. So if I'm getting two more miles per gallon over time, I'm doing good. So you have to start applying things and recognizing Satan doesn't have a right to take this from me. So you got to get a fight about you. He doesn't have a right to do it. If you raise your children in the Lord, then he does not have the right to take them down another path. But the whole world is screaming at them to go a different way. So everybody has different situations. I'm not going to spend all night doing this. But figure it out and get a stance that you're going to, and get excited about it. Get excited about it. He's not going to listen to you because I don't want to fight anymore. Well, the devil's going to beat the tar out of you, and you're going to lose a lot of ground. And by the time you finally get your wimpy self up to fight, it's going to be a lot harder, and you might not win because you did not listen to Holy Spirit saying, he likes you to fight, okay? He wouldn't have put your enemy down here if he didn't know he was going to teach you to fight, Right? Okay, so let's become, this reminds me of her saying, you've got that Deborah anointing. I think I do. Let's fight. Everywhere I go, I see bees things now. Bee, the whole, that conference had it, this poster has it, because Deborah's name means a bee. And a bee is something that nobody can understand how it operates and does what it does. It's, it's impossible based on its shape and everything to do what it does. Well, that's how we are as God's people. It's impossible for us to beat the enemy based on how we're made. But the part that makes us the bee is the Holy Spirit in us. He has moves the enemy cannot do anything about. So, and this isn't pretended faith. I just wanted you to get that. This, what is real faith? My relationship with God has given me this knowing and confidence in who he is. Pretended faith isn't going to make it in this hour. Pretended faith is when you were in kindergarten and he started to speak the word and it happened because he was teaching you it. Now it's like, no, I got to know from God. Show me what to do, God. Show me what to do. And fast, pray. Turn everything off and spend time with him and sit there and with, your word, with the Bible and say, all right, show me. What am I missing? What do I need to do different? Show me what needs to die in me. Show me what I'm battling. Know the schemes of the enemy, it says here. All right, real quickly. Too late, huh? Helmet, breastplate, right where he wants you to be. Belt of truth, God's word. God's word, it, it holds everything together. I'm God, on the truth, I'm going to believe the truth over anything doctors say, anything the bank is saying, anything the TV is saying, anything anybody's saying, I'm believing in God's word. I refuse to believe in anything else. I refuse to believe in anything else. What's the other one? Uh, shoes of peace. Okay, everywhere I'm going, I'm going to be testifying and telling people about God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They may think I'm crazy for a while, but by the time every fight I've been in, the doctors have said, we don't know what you did, Mrs. Foster, but it worked. We don't know. We, don't, we can't explain this, but it worked. I mean, one doctor saying, all I know is he'll never have cancer. What doctor is going to tell you that after they look for cancer for 16 years? Okay, God will have them talk out of their own mouths when you learn to fight. So we want to put on the belt of truth. 
Repent for buying anything that you cannot prove is God's word. Like when I was fighting for Donna's baby years and years ago when Drew was born, that was like our first real battle. We didn't know anything we were doing. God had just got us into the faith movement. But I remember I read every single scripture on the death of a child. And that's when you had to actually get out of big strongs. You didn't just have a nice old e-sword. You could do it in 10 minutes. You got out of big old strongs and looked up those numbers and went to those numbers. And I remember I was so excited because our church didn't teach this. But I remember calling Donna so excited. They don't, God never kills babies. So well, what about David's baby? Well, Donna's not a king. And she didn't sin terribly and, and have an affair and got pregnant with somebody else's baby than her husband and then tried to lie and hide it and have somebody killed. So I don't think she has to worry about what happened to David's baby. And new covenant, there's never, never an indicator. He's at a funeral and he just raised the person up and kept on walking. How cool is that? You know, they fell out of a window. He, so he, he's not into premature deaths. Okay, he's not into premature deaths. She was the parent. She had all authority over infant baby, her and her husband. Okay, and that's when we learned. And come on, don't, don't settle till you get to the victory. Don't settle till you get to the victory. Why? Because it's in the victory that God gets his glory. He's not just doing this just because of you. I mean, he does part of it's because he loves us. He loves people, but he loves the people who don't operate in this at all too. Just as much. This is for his glory. So begin to say, he, he wants glory in this. And quit acting like he gets glory. You know, this is what Robin Bullock gets so mad. Quit acting like God gets glory in funerals. Well, he does get glory in funerals when he raises them from the dead. But he doesn't get glory because somebody died prematurely. He does get glory in the next victory when you're able to share the gospel at a funeral and people get saved and you don't blame God for what the devil did. So God go, God's right. When one trial's over, he's, you're right in this next place to have victory. So nobody's going to steal that from me. You know, what's meant for evil, he will turn to good. But isn't it nice if you overcome evil? That's the greater thing. I'd like to overcome evil. But if I didn't overcome evil, I could overcome the enemy's plan for my life because of that evil. And who are we to, to, to get judgmental on whatever place we're at? Amen? It's like, okay, Lord, show me what to do. Show me what to do now. So I want you to see, if you get rid of any lies that you might have that God owes you this miracle, or it doesn't matter what happens, or the, get rid of your stubborn, hard-hearted hard -hearted thinking and realize God wants his glory, and he wants that miracle. He wants that victory. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. And I'm not going to get all this. You don't always have authority in everybody else's life. I don't have authority in adult people's life unless God gives it to me. You have a lot more. You have authority with the husband and wife. There's always authority there. It's amazing. God gives me the same authority there. It says as if his body's my body and my body's his body. So you can really stand in those situations and, you know, and pray for healing and know it. It's one of the most powerful authority he gives people is a husband and a wife. So instead of moaning about them and groaning about them, 
just know who you are in Christ. Now, if they blatantly sin and all this kind of stuff, then he gives you, he gives you biblical reasons to leave them. He's not saying you have authority there, just so you know. So I'm not, I can't get in all these, you can't, this is what's so awesome about the word of God. You need the Holy Spirit. It's not rules. It's Holy Spirit led revelation so that we can seek the Lord and find out, but we can have a pretty much foundational understanding of who he is and how he thinks. But you can look in there and you'll see where some people are turned over to Satan that they don't go to hell. He doesn't say everybody, you know, he says if somebody is violent in the home, you're not supposed to put up with that. He says that if somebody's unfaithful, there can be a divorce. So he has his way of saying, I'm not going to make you live with a devil in your house. But then if you're making up because you're not even trying to fight and trying to bind and trying to love and you just want to divorce in five seconds, don't, you're not fooling God. He'll call you an adulterer, biblically. Anyway, more teaching. See, it's like we can't pull out the stuff we like that fits our certain, certainly that cute, this John, the kids. <laughs> and so we have to see, what does he say? And I say that because there are people I don't have authority for. I do not have authority. I had authority by God to go see my um, stepmother um, heal from dying from uh, a cl blood clot on her, her heart and her lung. But even then, it's like, well, why don't we go ahead and heal her brain? He won't let me do that. He won't let me do that. Because there's other spiritual laws. You're going to reap what you sow, people. People are going to reap what they sow. He won't be mocked. So if you sowed into mean stuff and this and that, you might reap some long-term care and stuff. If you don't want to go to church and grow up and mature and go deeper in the things of God, you're going to reap some of that. Doesn't mean you won't go to heaven. See, he never lets you take the place of God in an adult person's life or any person's life, especially an adult person's life. Does everybody get that? I'm just telling you this because you have to hear from him. What is it that I have authority for? And part of that is study the word and find out what you have authority for. There's so many different aspects to all this. That's what everybody has to know. Nobody, the five-step plan stuff doesn't work. If you're having financial problems, you need to go back and see how long have I been tithing? Have I been tithing? Did I give offerings? If God has you giving offerings now, which he has had me doing, it's because he knew inflation was coming and you're going to have to be ahead of it. See, yieldedness to the Holy Spirit takes care of all this. He understands all these laws of God's. And he puts them, when he says they're no longer on tablets, they're in our hearts. How do they get in our hearts? Holy Spirit's in our hearts. That's how they get in our hearts. The one who knows all of them is supposed to be in charge of your life. And that's the biggest, the biggest part of a trial and the biggest part of overcoming. You can't overcome unless Holy Spirit's in charge. And he says, count it all joy because he's taking you to a place of establishing you in him. Whether we like it or not, trials are part of it. And he, he likes it. He says, count it all joy, your various trials. Well, if we win, you will count it joy. I count mine joy now. They weren't that joyful when I was going through them. But you need to fight from a place of joy. You need to fight from a place like, I want to win this. Show me how, God. 
teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. Show me how to have the authority. All right. So we have the belt of truth, shoes of peace. Shoes of peace is you're walking in peace. You're not trying to be scornful. You're not trying to cause trouble. You're not trying to cause a problem. You want to glorify God, and you're willing to go and take the gospel and testify the things he's done for you. So there's a sword of the spirit. That's God's word in your hand as a weapon to destroy what the enemy sends at you. Shield of faith. Okay, the shield is really important because the fiery darts come at you. And you have to have God's word and his shield to stop them from penetrating you. And, and if you've got to use that all the time. And the bad thing is if you're saying it yourself, the shield's too far. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Get your tongues under control for real. Satan loves it. You got the shield up. Nobody else had better say anything, but you're talking on the phone. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, <laughs> you know. Okay, really repent if you need a new start in this and say, Lord, please forgive me. And I know I'm going to reap everything I've sown, including your words. You get it. Your words are seed. His word is the seed that brings life. Your word can either agree with his word or your word can agree with the enemy. And you're going to reap that. So I would ask God to give, have mercy, mercy, mercy in reaping what you came in agreement with that you don't want to. And even plead his blood over it and really cry out. And he might make it so merciful what you walk through. We're in that time. The whole church is entering. We just went through 2020 and 2021 and 2022. How many know we're, this is actually worse than that? People don't know it yet because they're blind. But we are, in the, we are in some rough times. So we're going to have to apply everything he's taught us and do it. So we have the shoes, we have the shield of faith. Um, did I leave anything? There's also the lance of prayer. And that's like a spear where you actually release that word um, through angelic beings into situations. Okay, I think, was that the whole armor? I think so. And then there's other weapons too. Okay, so uh, we're just sticking to this right now. All right. All right, when you did this, he says, Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything, stand firm. Now, here's where people miss it. They don't do the everything. They only do up to what they know. I've never seen God put me in a trial, or, or let me say, have, I'm not saying he put me in trial. I've never been in a trial where I already, already knew everything to not be in that trial. Why? Because I wouldn't be in that trial. Do you understand what I'm saying? I wouldn't be in that trial if I already knew everything to be an overcomer in that situation. So when I find myself in a trial, it means he has things he wants me to learn. You know, he's very, very clear with the whole thing with Moses. You know, if they ate the bread he gave them, but the next day that bread was gross. And so we're trying to have just the gross bread and not the new bread. The church is so, overall, so much of the church is so far behind um, having 
new mat, new new food, new revelation. That's why it was really exciting in the last two years, but now it's kind of getting kind of, okay, I hate all that. I hate all that. And then I'm so excited. I went to, to dinner with somebody tonight and and they're really getting into the word. Like, and they love these different teachers that are really good teachers. They're all excited and telling me about these teachers, which is awesome. I've already heard all that. I love all that. But it's exciting to me that they're there. And I'm thinking, finally, finally, they're stepped in. Finally, they're finding who God has them listening to and who they're going to. And it's people that's brand new to them and exciting to them. And it's not for me to say, oh, I've been there, done that. But it's for me to say, Great. That's awesome. If that's who God is using right now to stir you on and take you on, then praise God. Do you know how long for with what I do, I wait for people to actually, actually get excited about somebody who has good teaching besides me? Or even for me would be kind of nice. But so you, that's part of the real journey. The real journey is when I've really got to hear this person. That should never stop. It just gets harder and harder. It's okay. It just gets harder and harder to find who has got something that's real that I haven't heard before, but it's in God's word. It's just like school. You have to build line upon line, precept upon precept, glory to glory, line upon line, precept upon precept, glory to glory. What does it mean? Line upon line, God's word, God's word, God's word, precept. What's his heart? What's he doing with? What does he mean? Glory, more presence, more of his presence, more of his, uh, more of knowing him. Then he's line upon line. Come on, we're going to go line upon line. That's what he's doing in every trial. He's going, come on, come on. You got to get in the word yourself. You got to get, get some revelation from me. Get, get what you need next. Come on. You, you got to go line upon line. Precept, what's my heart? What do I feel about this? Where is your heart messed up in this? Where do you need to get free from this or free from that so that you can understand my heart? And then, okay, then there should be a deeper presence. Now there's this greater presence of God. That's when you count it joy. If you're not getting that, you're not fighting you're standing before you should be standing. And God is the boss. He's not going to do this different for you than he has for everybody else. So get yourself out of the way and win. Just get to, this is how it is for believers. We are privileged. We get to fight to win. Everyone else just gets beat up. Everyone else just gets beat up. But we're the ones who can fight to win every time. But you can only win doing it God's way. And his whole purpose in it is to take you deeper into understanding him, knowing him, and being like him. Deeper. Come on. We're going to go deeper. I remember... Um, I'll never forget when um, I had asked God for compassion because I had some power and authority and, and I was seeing people healed and people thought I was so great. And I said to God, I said, Lord, I don't even like these people. I don't even care about this at all. I said, but they all think I'm so great. I said, I, I, something's missing. And he showed me about compassion. I said, that's it, God. I need compassion. Next thing I know, I'm a king's daughters. My son is so sick and I, I'm slow sometimes. It took me 16 years to get to compassion. And so I'm, I'm, I'll never forget, I went back, my husband's out there, we're taking him to a cancer clinic at King's Daughters. He's super sick. I go in the bathroom, I look up, stand, I remember, I look up, I said, I changed my mind. I said, God, I changed my mind. It's okay. I'll just let you do this through me, and I don't have to care about them. And the Holy Spirit said, we're going. We're going through this. We're going through this. You cannot decide when to walk out. 
Okay, if you're in a trial that's long, it's called persevering. You learn more in a persevering trial than you learn in a quick trial where you start to think it's all you. If you thought the last thing you won, wait till the persevering trial comes and, the, and you can't get out of it. You can't make it in sooner than you want. You don't know which way to go, but you know he has the answer. Don't stand until you overcome. Don't stand still till you overcome. Don't live on yesterday's revelations no matter how powerful they are, you build on those. You don't throw them out unless you really believe something went true. Is, there, is this helping? If it's not, it's because you don't want to win. you got to want to win. So get rid of any inner value you took. This is your battle, God, not mine. I know the Bible says the battle is the Lord's. Okay? All right, let's get that right. That means he already knows how to win. Okay, he knows how to win. How many knows he knows how to win? Like, this isn't, some people, some Christians don't even know all this. Okay, he knows how to win. But you don't. How do you know? Because you haven't won. It's very simple to know if you're child. You haven't won yet. You haven't won yet. And they go, well, I'm not going to do, I was 16 years or more before I really won with the thing with Mitchell. He said, well, how come you didn't get worn out? Because I went from line upon line, precept to precept, glory to glory. Line upon line, precept to precept, glory to glory. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I did what he wanted me to do. I, I grew in my relationship with God while I was persevering in a major trial. Now, here's where a lot of people miss it. Well, when this is over, then I'll do what God wants. Well, this probably won't be over then. The best way Satan can get you out of the way of glorifying God and doing too much damage is to give you a trial that you buy a lie. Well, when this is over, then I'll do this. Because there's no Bible verse that gives you permission to say when this is over then. Does that make sense? And I think that's what gets a lot of Christians sidelined and not overcoming. Well, when this is over, what does he want for your next five years? Not what do you want? Not what does your flesh want? What does he want? I just want everybody to get this. God already knows what he has for you. And some people really seek him and kind of find that out. And other people just la-di-da-di-da. Well, if you la di da di da and what he has for you doesn't have to be the same for me. It's not about that. Some people are called to, to really be so impactful in their family. Some people are called. It's not, about, it's not about what we look at and think, wow. It's about what he looks at and his spirit is doing. I mean, some people's calling would be interceding and praying and really knowing how to have a breakthrough. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? It's not about the only things that matter when you stand before him. It doesn't, any, anything I ever preached that he didn't give me will be nothing. Everything I ever did that he didn't put on my heart to do, it'll be nothing. This for everybody, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. He'll have the list of what he had for you to do, and you'll be rewarded for what on that list you did. Anything that's not on that list counts for nothing. So get, get rid of your list and take his list. But he gives you more fun than anybody. You, you actually get to do it all. 
He even says that. He says, if you give this up, you won't lose houses. You won't lose this. You know, the scripture will give you houses. I actually have three houses now. I never tried to get three houses. I was happy to have a house. And then things came along. The economy got messed up with some stuff. And, and then all of a sudden, my husband said, we need to, I don't want to retire here. I'm like, ah. Oh. Next thing I know, we got to rent out that house because we had to get in this house. We didn't know anything that much about real estate. We never thought about it. And it was the perfect opportunity in a perfect market to get a very expensive house for half the price, rent out our house for over the mortgage. And then he did the same thing with an investment with his. So we got three houses. I was happy with just my one little house way back. But he promises, you'll never, you'll never give up houses or anything that I won't give it back to you here. So quit trying to do it yourself. He's talking to me right now. I mean, with all this stuff, I was, because I've been like in graduate school for 10 days, plus seeing the needs and all this. I'm like, ah, I had migraine for two days almost, or tension headache. I won't say migraine. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? And then, so last time I'm like, help me. He goes, listen to Hebrews. And in Hebrews is where it says, and it's for those to enter the rest who lay down trying to do these works themselves. And he goes, I'm not asking you to do this. I'm just training you and getting your, getting your mind to catch up with what your, my spirit's about to have you do. The last time he did this, we went from that little garage that we were renting for 300 a month uh, in Oyster Point to this building being paid for for over half a million dollars and 300,000 more, 300, more dollars in renovations with no money in the bank, all happening within a couple of months. And most people, unless they're walking with God, would never ever find themselves in that situation because they'd never actually step out and do what he's showing them. And I highly recommend you don't unless he's showing it to you, which I highly recommend you get a relationship with him so you know what he's doing. And then you have that history like David where you can look back and say, well, Lord, you did this and you did this and you did this. And that history really does help you to have faith for when he's starting to show you some new areas you're going. But if you don't have any history of overcoming, it's because you are sitting around doing what's easy and you only really want God to help you. You have no real interest in what does he want to be glorified in with your life. What's going to give you glory, God? And we think it's okay, but honestly, you're going to get to heaven and find out you, you, that when he shows you the life he has for us, it's going to be amazing. I, I just want that. I want the life he has. I don't want the life he has for Joyce Myers or Benny Hinn or, or any of you or anybody else. I want the life he has for me that will glorify him. And I'm not going to let age get in the way. And I'm not going to let finance, any, whatever you want, God. Whatever you want. And you've got to hold the vision. Anybody who's been around me, do you know the vision I've had has been so big and the church sometimes just gets smaller. You know, we had the kind of church exodus a few years back. Well, you know what God did right before the church exodus? He paid off the building. He had, me, he had me pay. Don't pray for somebody to give you the money. Pray that you earn the money and you pay off your building. It's witchcraft when we pray that some landlord gives us a building. Then we wonder why later we, don't be praying. I don't want anybody praying that I give them money and it not be God. You know that because you had that witchcraft coming after you, not from me, but from other people way back. So I bet you got money. Ooh, be my best friend. Come over to my house. Ooh, do this. And you can feel that mess. 
It's like, Lord, show me what to do. He has all the money. He has all, he even has the cows. So we need to see this. He says, resist. Okay, okay. When you put on this whole armor, the purpose of the armor is to resist. Somebody need that word, resist, resist, resist. Are you resisting the enemy? Remember, we do not fight against flesh and blood. I don't know if that's here or above it, but wherever it's somewhere on there. Yeah, Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, powers, world forces of the present darkness, spiritual forces of wickedness and heavenly realms and places. All right, so when it says resist, I'm not talking about resist in the flesh. What is the spiritual warfare that has really accompanied your battle? Have you asked the Lord, what is the spirit behind this? Why is that spirit able to operate? Where did it come from? Is something of that spirit have ownership in me? Why don't I have authority over the spirit? Lord, why don't I have authority over the spirit? See, oh, oh, some of this is going to make you have to turn off HGTV for a little while and get serious about talking to God. Oh, that's what he likes. He likes his people to talk to him. You overcome by hearing from God. As that gives you faith. And what you hear from him, he's going to speak to you from his word. And sometimes it takes, you're not, okay, God, I'm giving you five minutes because then there is a TV show I really don't want to miss. How about, Lord, I want to fight this. I want to win. I want to overcome. So Holy Spirit, you tell me the schedule. And he, he's very kind, okay? Thank goodness you don't have to fast till you win. And won't some of us be dead. That was a 16-year trial with my son. Nobody's going to fast that long. You only, you seek him and you fast and you pray until you get the next piece of the puzzle. Because when you're persevering, you never get the whole picture. You have to step out. You have to step out. You have to step out. Not that you like it. Can I get this past? I mean, most of these stories I tell that are really awesome and I'm going to write books about them, they were not fun when I was walking them. Typhoons are not fun. Terrorists are not fun. Paying for this building wasn't fun. Going through church people leaving and offended and whatever, whatever. That's not fun. What I was going to say, the first thing is, right before we had the exodus, God had the building paid off. We were all like, woohoo, we're going to have $10,000 more. How, how many of you had a $10,000 mortgage? $10,000 more a month we have, and there out the door walked $10,000 of tithers. But guess what? Nobody got fired. The doors didn't close. And I obviously didn't need that $10,000 for anything right then. How cool is God? But had I not walked out and paid the building off early because he told me to, then it could have been a whole different story. It's like, Cindy, you're not making this sound easy. You know, there is nothing easy about dying to your flesh and obeying God. Anybody who makes it easy 
hasn't really walked it. You look at what Heidi Baker's been through. She doesn't make it easy. He's not looking for easy. You're, to be this bride that he's bringing together without spot or blink, blemish, she's got to live in a realm where it's not about easy, it's about him. What do you want to do, God? How are we going to do this, God? All right. So I want you to stop a minute and we just say, okay, I am really going to walk in this armor. And I have it for one purpose, to resist. To resist the enemy. All the time. I'm resisting. I'm resisting saying that. I'm resisting agreeing with that. I'm resisting uh, growing weary. I'm going to have the joy of the Lord as my strength. When you start to get weary, put on that Hagen thing where they all get drunk in the Holy Ghost and fall out all over the place and, and everybody's, you know, just loop-de-doo. Put on one of those, okay? Put on something that's just joyful. Don't go listen to those psalm sad songs. You know, they're good. They're good for the broken times when you just, God, help me. But when you need that joy of the Lord as your strength, you need to put on that, you know, put on some of that dance, children dance, and act like a nut around your living room, you know. I'm serious. You've got to be serious. You've got to see what am I, if I'm growing weary, I need strength. Now, let me tell you, if you've got demons living in your house, because people in there, if they've got to be in there, then you better get authority. As it'll drain all your joy and your strength. You don't want fake. The joy of the Lord isn't just when people fall out laughing. Sometimes that's not even it. The joy of the Lord is that place in God that's so strong. And I only say this because, you know, we all have those, they would say selfie moments now, but my generation would say Kodak moments. When, when I remember leaving, you know, when I left the funeral the whatever they call the place anyway I left seeing my daughter's body for the last time till heaven I thought I saw her in heaven not long after that I didn't know that and when I walked out I was so full of joy and I prayed for people and talked to people and prophesied over people and I was so full of joy it had nothing to do with what I was going through and it's so much more than people kind of falling out laughing and all that but it but it is a deep 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 walking with God that overrides everything else. And it's the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us Come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.